Catherine Hay. She's a clinical nutritionist and she's also a women's health expert. I think all of us have become way more aware in the last few years about our health, especially those of us who are in our late 20s or maybe early 30s that are thinking about your nutrition and how it might impact the decisions you make. Definitely some really good takeaways. I'd like to start the episode by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which I'm recording, the Yugambeh people, and paying respects to elders past, present, and emerging. So today on the show, we have Catherine Hay, a clinical nutritionist specializing in women's health. Thank you, Catherine, for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's really exciting to have someone in the sort of health and wellness space. Um, I think I mentioned to you that I am sort of going on a bit of a journey and have started my own transition into that space. And I think I really wanted to get someone on the show that has that background. So I'm really excited. So what originally like attracted you to working in the field of nutrition and yeah, like why do you think you had that interest? Yeah, perfect. So I think like many practitioners, we all started with our own health journey. So, you know, through the different years of um, my own gut health issues, skin issues, hormonal dysregulation issues, um, and, and like kind of working with naturopaths and nutritionists when I was younger, I really saw kind of that healing power in natural therapies. And I really kind of sparked my interest. And I started my degree in naturopathy. So I almost completed my naturopathy degree, but lost my passion for herbs back then. So this was a long time ago. It was probably, you know, over 12 years ago. And when I lost my passion for herbs, it's because I realized the body required nutrients to thrive and function so they didn't actually need herbs to take out an action so that really intrigued me as a practitioner and that's what led me to switch into nutritional medicine to further understand the human body and look at it as that as that biochemistry essentially so I finished my degree and did a bachelor of health science and majored in nutritional medicine and then went straight into practicing and have been practicing ever since and you know specialized in gut health um, a couple of years since when I finished uh, university and now have really gone into the fertility hormones uh, preconception care pregnancy care after having my daughter two years ago so it's always evolving and changing which is amazing but it's yeah it's been it's been like so rewarding just helping as many women as I possibly can I can imagine yeah I think it's funny you say that like I'm sort of going through something like that at the moment with my health and like once you realize like you know that there's an answer to this thing you've always kind of dealt with and then there's steps you can take like it's life-changing so I feel like it's amazing that there's you know people out there particularly with women I feel like you go and you you know, you might have a certain thing that you're noticing with your body and you go to the doctor and they're like, no, you're fine. Do all the bloods, you're fine. And then you, <laughs> you're like sort of left back at square one. So I think like people like yourself um, who specialize in those areas can be like so useful at the moment. I think it's quite topical as well. Yeah. Because I was going to ask you that, like why do you think there's been such a huge growth in popularity for women's health specialists? And I guess 
sort of a pivot in like really people focusing on their health and well-being and nutrition as well. Do you like have any idea why you think that is at the moment? I think since social media, I mean, social, it wasn't really around when I was studying. It was just kind of taking off. And since social media, you have access to so, a wealth of information online, more so than even Dr. Google. I feel like Instagram, wherever you're getting your TikTok, wherever you're kind of getting it from, you can find any kind of health advice. And I mean, it's, it's amazing, but you also have to be really cautious. And I think being a clinician and a healthcare professional, you really want to make sure you're forever learning as research is constantly evolving as well. And I think looking at women really starting to advocate for themselves in terms of their own health is so empowering too. So even on my social media, I'm very much for, you know, treating the person from the root cause so an individualized approach very much in the mindset of test don't guess so when women are coming into my clinic and it is a women's focused clinic I do see males as well but um (laughs) we you know looking at the reference ranges having a look at their recent blood pathology because the doctor's reference range ranges and my reference ranges are completely different Um, and this is where we start to see actual nutritional deficiencies or subclinical hypothyroidism or hyperlipidemia or all of these kind of issues that the doctors have said everything's fine you're okay and women are like I'm not okay no one's listening to my story I'm not being heard and I'm a listener. I love listening to everyone's health story because everyone has a health story and it needs to be listened so they can have that beautiful patient care. So I think, I don't know if that's really answered your question. It's kind of in a roundabout no, way. But yeah. Something that we see in sort of every profession now is like, you have to be so present on social media and you have to be sort of putting yourself out there, putting like, there's so much information available out there. Like it's hard to kind of wade through <laughs> what um, is correct and what is right for you. So I was going to say, like, do you think that your background being more sort of like, I guess, in the natural medicine space and then kind of moving into the health science, more clinical background, like, do you think that that kind of helped inform you in your role today like did did you find that that kind of informed the way you practice as opposed to if you'd gone and studied you know uh dietetics or something like that like do do you think your background in um naturopathy kind of like helped with I guess where you went in your career and and the area that you did specialize in yeah absolutely I knew from the very get-go I never wanted to practice and be a dietitian yes It's covered by Medicare, which I think is fabulous. However, when I looked at the course structure and I saw, you know, working in a clinical setting and working in a hospital, I knew that was never for me. And even knowing, and I'm not paying out dietitians whatsoever, but it was just a different course structure than what I wanted to do. I was really drawn to you know, the healing power of foods, the healing power of herbs, the healing power of these natural therapies, because we know there is so much in that. And there's so much research being done now on different vitamin supplements and those nutrients and even herbal medicine that we need to support whole body systems. Um, I didn't want to be stuck in a hospital prescribing sustagen and and those types of things. That's what I say. (laughs) (laughs) And that, you know, that's the dietetic model. In some instances, not all dietitians obviously practice like that, but it just wasn't for me. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Like, I feel like if you didn't know the space, like, 
people could come in and you know as you mentioned on social media and see oh this is a dietitian this is a you know doctor this is a um nutritionist this is a naturopath like what is the difference i know that a lot of people call themselves holistic health specialists like there's actually like there's so many people on social media that can call themselves one thing but actually have no qualification as well yeah and that absolutely terrifies me as a practitioner and what's also really quite hard about being a nutritionist it's not a regulated term so this is where you can do a six-week course of nutrition and call yourself a nutritionist health coach and that (laughs) exactly and this is what is terrifying because there are a lot of people on social media giving out all this unsolicited advice about what you should be doing and shouldn't be doing and they've got that six-week course so what really stands out with nutritionists and things like that is you want to make sure they've got a bare minimum of a degree qualification and that's why we call ourselves clinical nutritionists because we have that degree qualification so at least we know you know what's happening in the body not from just a yeah a six-week course online yeah and it's scary it is scary I can't when I was a young like you know back when I was a younger practitioner it used to really upset me seeing the social media side to these nutritionists coming through now I'm older and wiser and I don't let any of that stuff influence me anymore but it's a tricky space if someone's trying to find the right practitioner for them and you know we're really unsure of where that where those qualifications are coming from totally yeah I am I'm realizing that and like now when I'm looking you know even when I was looking um at your profile to get you on as a guest but I think people are waking up to that fact as well um so you obviously work for yourself tell us like how did you find that when you first sort of finished your degree did you consider going into a clinic or did you straight away decide to work for yourself and what were some of the challenges that came along with that after you finish your degree it's really like you have a few options. You write recipe books, you can do product development, you can go do research, or you literally open up a clinic. Um, And I knew my passion for helping people really came through in that last year of my degree when I was in a clinical setting and seeing, oh, wow, the work I'm doing is actually helping people. So I knew straight away, I wanted to open up my clinic. So I opened up Captured Nutrition It was hard. I was lucky if I was seeing one patient a week. So, you know, I had a retail job. I was working um, on the side doing that and I was hustling. It was a hustle. And when you leave uni, you really don't know anything. You know, looking back at my, my younger self, I was like, wow, I was fresh out of uni you know, I knew the, I knew the basics, but nothing to where my knowledge is at today. So you know, you're constantly hustling. You'll see any patient you can get, whether it's in an area that you wanted to specialize in or not, didn't matter. You just take on anyone that you could get. So it was a lot of doing that for, you know, the first six months. And then I was extremely lucky to get a job with a new clinic in Melbourne. So I was living in Byron Bay at the time. And I would fly to Melbourne uh, one week of every month and work in this fabulous new clinic that was opening up that had a health food cafe. So I was very much involved with the opening of that. And we had some amazing events that really kind of helped just support me as a practitioner when we were getting new clients in. So again, I was starting to build up that clientele really fast and being able to talk at events and do all those things that I love to do. So that really kind of helped me as a practitioner boost my confidence, um, work around other practitioners and learn from other practitioners and just be part of a community that I was really um, happy to be a part of. So 
after that, I just got tired of the traveling and wanted to study (laughs) in Byron Bay. And then I also, you know, was working in and out of clinics in there. And then COVID kind of hit and um, I took my practice fully online before then because I did move to New Zealand for a winter season. So I had already established a beautiful kind of clientele. I was busy um, and took it all online, which was really great because that was in 2019. Very lucky. (laughs) Very, very lucky. And so I knew the whole online world, you know, inside and out and was practicing Mm -hmm. and it was thriving. And I was really, really happy with that because I could literally work from anywhere. Um, But I was really big in public speaking back then. And then COVID hit and all of that obviously ended. But with COVID, my clinic just even went through the roof so it was it was really you know great for me because I could help so many people but from afar um and yeah it kind it all just kind of shifted you know when I decided I'm going to do this full time it was when I decided I was going to go full time and I was scared shitless I'm not going to lie I was scared shitless (laughs) I didn't know when the money was going to be coming Mm -hmm. in to support myself you know I had student debts I had all the things all the things yeah um but I took the risk and I've never ever ever looked back looked back wow I love that yeah I think working for yourself is so different do you like kind of do all of that back-end stuff like do you are you doing the appointment setting are you doing or do you have someone to help you with some of that stuff so I was a solo team the whole time oh my and God. It, it was hard because you don't learn those business skills at no. university. I think you do like one subject of it, which tells you nothing. So, yeah. you know, I was a marketing team. I was the accounts <laughs> team. I was a tax team. I was yeah. the practitioner then trying to keep up with research. And oh my God. I, I have like, I have a thriving, great clinic. So it, it got too much for me. And yeah. after I um, went on maternity leave, I had a practitioner take over all of that for me. So I could oh, have sure. a um, maternity leave and then I came back on board. So then I was back doing it myself again. And then I just realized I can't, I can't do this anymore. Can't I need to, yeah. Yeah. So I have an incredible clinic manager, um, Emily. She is the backbone to Captured Nutrition and she has really helped structure everything because I never had the time to do all of these important things that I've always wanted to do with my clinic. So I I now have her and it's the best thing I've ever done is just to have staff to help me. And, you know, I've got a bookkeeper that works for me now and just yeah, those things true. that keep the clinic going so I can be the best practitioner and support my patients. Focus on that. Yeah, totally. And yeah. so um, obviously, yeah, you are a mum. Congratulations. Um, but uh how did you find that transition? How do you sort of wear all the different hats at once and juggle both things at once? It's, it is a juggle, yeah. trust me. It's a lot more challenging than I thought pre-having Sunny, who's my little girl. Um, I took I took six, I had my practitioner to cover me for six months while I was on maternity leave, but I went back to work at around five months when Sunny was five months for my own sanity. I love working. I love being a practitioner. It ignites my soul like nothing else. I have amazing rapport with my clients because it's just something that I've always loved doing. So having work was mental health for me. Going back to work was yeah. was so enjoyable. The thing that I found really hard 
post that is juggling that work-life balance. I'm fully booked all the time. So, you know, I'm working long days back to back in clinic and then having Sunny on my days off, but still needing to work. So again, that's why I hired Emily. So I could have my days off purely around Sunny and not writing back to emails and trying to set clear boundaries between, you know, being the practitioner and being able to switch off as well. And I actually found that I burnt out, you know, I burnt out from that quite quite soon. And it took a toll on my emotional well-being, my physical well-being, but also my relationships. I just couldn't do everything and then not have that time off for myself. So after, you know, a lot of restructuring and putting those boundaries in place with, with, you know, my work and how I have to structure that, it's, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. And now I have my days sunny and I'm fully present and, and yeah, it's a much more healthier work-life balance, but it's funny. They say, Oh, you work for yourself and you know, you can have all of this. I'm like, you work for yourself. You're working 24 seven. Yeah, exactly. hundred and you know, every single day of every year, you never ever get to switch off, but yeah, putting those policies and procedures in place with having my clinic manager and things like that allows me to switch off to an certain extent which is fab yeah I think it's it's so important like to to think about these days I have not had a guest pretty much uh in the last year or two that hasn't mentioned burnout (laughs) Mm -hmm. which to me I'm like why why are employers not talking about this but you know like because I I don't think like in a lot of workplaces they're not so I think it's just like something to be very aware of these days is just not burning the candle at both ends, not having too much on your plate because it is so easy to do. Like I I would just take on, say yes to everything. And then before you know it, you're like, I can't do it all. (laughs) Yeah. But I think, I think it's good that people are more aware and like, I know, like I actually had a natural health professional tell me that I was going to burn out. I was heading in that direction and that um, there was a lot of signs in my health that were showing that. So I think like, yeah, it's, it's so good to hear people mention it and talk about it so that everyone doesn't feel alone in it um, because it is very common at the moment. So common. Yeah. So common and scary. (laughs) Um, I think COVID had a lot to do with that because we were all so sedentary and you know working from home and then it's like oh you know we've got more freedoms now and especially people in Victoria and New South Wales I've seen that huge shift they're going into burnout because you've got to feel like you've got to hustle 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 and you're stuck in that extreme masculine energy and it's just taken this big toll that we're seeing so much burnout especially in my clinic this year because of the what's happened in the last two years years. totally yeah yeah, especially so, if you worked through the pandemic, um, which I did, and I feel like you were working from home, so you, you took on more work. There was no, I was in Melbourne, so I had no excuse to say, oh, I can't take that extra um, article that I need to write. I can't do that because what, what was I doing? I couldn't leave my house. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So just like for anyone that's sort of listening to this and thinking, oh, you know, I've got a few health concerns, like maybe they've never seen a specialist um, of any kind. Maybe they've only ever seen their GP. Like, I know it's a big question, but what are some of the things that people come into you for? Like, and, and what are some of the, 
I guess just little markers people should be aware of in their health that might mean that they could benefit from seeing someone like yourself? Yeah, and that's a really good question because I see a whole array. You know, I specialise in gut health as my first kind of specialty. So it's still a major part of my clinic. Even if I'm having fertility patients coming in, we always have to bring it back to the gut because gut is the epicentre to overall health. So I see anything and people come to me with IBS, food sensitivities, you know, bloating, fatigue, brain fog, mental health issues, period issues, so dysmenorrhea, so menorrhagia, which is, you know, painful, heavy bleeding, PMS, PMDD, uh, PCOS, endometriosis, adenomyosis, all of these big, you know, um, hormone-driven conditions as well, which all relate back to the gut as well. So it's a huge kind of area in my clinic when I see patients coming in. It's not just, oh, I've got acne. Can you help me with my acne? It's like, of course, go through an initial consultation and I'm seeing all these other red flags that are coming out. I'm not sleeping well. You've got IBS. You're not breaking down your food for for absorption. No wonder your skin's eliminating, you know, toxins and inflammation and our skin's the largest elimination organ. So there's always these other red flags that come up in in you know initial consultations and same with preconception care and pregnancy it's about supporting anyone with their their health goals but it's long lasting health goals it's not this quick fix band-aid approach try these supplements try this diet and you know fingers crossed it works it's no like what does your body need to thrive and function what further testing or pathology or functional pathology can we use to really find out what your biochemistry is doing so we can implement really sustainable long-term treatment strategies to support the individual and i very passionate about that in my clinic and I just think there's so much we can do in terms of you know massive health goals and even if it's coming in for for a simple thing like I just want to optimize my health you know I do get a lot of that and then we go through those initial questions we're like okay what's your thyroid doing it's you're sounding like there's a little bit of an issue here so we get that test and like oh you've got subclinical hypothyroidism so it's it's just amazing what we can gather and the information gathering. And I always say that to my patients, let's gather some more information. We want to find what's going out. And then from there, we build you a treatment plan that we have gone through together. And I think I love this with my patients. It's a team effort. It's not like me pushing my views onto them. It's like I never prescribe or do anything that doesn't resonate with my patients. It's a team effort because if we don't have a team effort and they feel totally supported and heard and cared for they're not going to do it they're not going to implement these strategies we've been talking about so I'm very passionate about holding my patients hands through their health journey so to speak that's great yeah I think um you do feel so much better knowing that you're in good hands with someone and that they know what they're talking about and they're coming from a you know place of you know actual testing and not just giving you advice that's sort of one size fits all um and so just lastly like I know you've also got your own podcast um so tell us about that and how that kind of started and why it started (laughs) yes amazing so we myself and my co-host Shelly she's nutritionist naturopath we started the no bs approach to motherhood so Shelly's going to have three children under three soon and we are just you know mothers who wanted to have these conversations so what's really amazing about our podcast we come from an educational standpoint as well so we're interviewing mothers and guests and things like that but we're also dropping episodes about 
educational topics, whether that's preconception care, pregnancy care, postpartum, you know, hormone issues, whatever, bringing in the gut, children's nutrition, whatever it is, we also have a huge focus point on coming from that clinical background. So it's been incredible. It's been such a fun journey. Shelly and I, it's a funny story. We've actually, we only just met for the first time in person literally a month ago. Wow. Um, we connected on Instagram, two practitioners in the field. We, she had a podcast um, before launching this podcast with me and I was interviewed a few times on that and we connected we had the same vibe same kind of practitioner vibe and then she just came to me one day saying hey I want to make this podcast for mums and I've been racking my brains about who to do it with I know this is super fucking weird because we've never met and we've only connected over Instagram but do you want to do it with me and I was like yes girl I'm doing it with you And it was just like this instant connection and bond. And since then, our podcast has just gone from strength to strength to strength. And I'm very excited about talking about it because I've always been huge on public speaking in terms of supporting health and being a health advocate. So it allows us to do that, but obviously reach a broader On a bigger platform, yeah. And I think podcasts are so great for that. And, you know, you can be driving in your car or you can be, sitting at home, like cooking dinner and listening to a podcast. I like consume so many podcasts and I know all my friends do too. So I think it's just, yeah, it's amazing. I love, I'm loving podcasts too, obviously. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, So I guess lastly, I was just going to say like, what advice would you give to someone maybe in your shoes five 10 years ago, um, who's just sort of starting out their journey in their career, maybe in the health space, um, or they want to get into wellness, like what sort of advice would you give your younger self or someone who is um, starting out? Yeah, that, that you wish you knew. Perfect. I would say do not give up, keep going. And you are great. You know, you are great. You can do this. It's going to take time. It's not linear. It's forever changing up and down. But if you are passionate, do it and stay in your lane. Just stay in your lane. Don't be influenced by other practitioners. You don't have to follow any other nutritionist or naturopath on social media. If you know, you don't need to do that because that can influence you as a practitioner as well. I barely followed any other practitioners when I was starting out because I didn't want that influence so it was I think that's my biggest piece of advice don't give up trust yourself dive into the research if there's an area you want to specialize in and you're passionate about and focus on that area I think specializing is is a really beautiful thing and then as you develop as a practitioner that will change and that's fine it doesn't matter if it changes but don't give up just keep keep going if it's something that you really want to do love that well thank you Catherine it's been such a pleasure to talk to you if people want to check you out I know you're very big on social media um if people want to check out your pages or want to check out the podcast where can they go Perfect. So yeah, social media is my biggest thing. So my Instagram handle is my name. So it's Catherine underscore Hay underscore nutritionist and the podcast Instagram. And obviously on iTunes is the no BS approach to motherhood and my website capturednutrition.com.au. And it's with a K. Yeah, it's all with a K. So <laughs> captured with a K. <laughs> all right. <Catherine> with a K. <laughs> Thanks so much, Catherine. Um, Yeah, it's been lovely. 
I put a Q&A up on the at How Do You Hustle Instagram page this week um, before I recorded with Catherine. And there were some really great questions that were sent through because they came through after I'd spoken with Catherine. I decided to send my favorite question through to her. And that question was, what are your thoughts on skipping breakfast? So I put the question to Catherine and here was what she said. I personally don't like skipping breakfast because we know how incredible breakfast can be to support your blood sugar regulation throughout the day. So it can really help balance those blood sugar levels, which is what we want to achieve optimal hormone metabolism, but also for mental health and not having those big dips in blood sugar. So I love um, having a breakfast that's combined with good quality protein, fats and fiber. It really helps keep everything nice and stabilized. Also, I'm very much into um, listening to your body too. Like if you're not hungry around your normal breakfast time, that is okay. Just make sure you're breaking your fast or that's what breakfast is essentially called with something that has those macronutrients in there. I hope this interview just gives you all that little bit of extra knowledge and perspective on your health and just thinking about what you're putting into your body because I know that's something I'm super mindful of these days and something I'm also learning about a lot in my studies. 